This episode is recorded on Jar Jar Wurrung country and we want to pay our respects to the original creatives of this land and their elders past, present and future. Welcome back to another episode of Country Creatives. We are your hosts, Reese Hendy and Caleb Maxwell. <laughs> Today's episode is a little bit different. This is the intro. We normally record these at the end, but mm. right now I'm recording at the start because mm. I don't know exactly where this is going to go. Well, it's going to be a fun little uh, journey. This is our chat about what's happening. Reese, you've got some questions and quizzes on me, and you've got some weird thing that you want to do. I don't yeah, I've really got a pitch. Know. I'm going to pitch an idea for the show, oh. and I want to see how Caleb, uh, how he <laughs> responds, because it's it's a little bit weird, but we'll be right. <laughs> Can't it's, wait. It's Friday. Mm. This is the noise of beers being cracked. Ooh. And just so you know, Caleb, we're drinking a Cornella Real Brewery. Yeah. Uh, local beer, Hay Bale XPA. I had studied the label a little bit and I was going to ask you about it. So good job. I uh, know the guys a little bit from Cornella Brewery. Uh, legends out there. I love that we've got a local uh, local brewery on the table on the podcast. I was out there yesterday with uh, Wes Franklin. We were painting a mural in their new uh, showroom, Salador. Oh, oh. Um, that's exciting. Thought, I'm bringing some of these back. Yeah. All right. Well, let's kick off, mate. Wanted to chat to you about mm. what's going on in the world of uh, Hebron Films. Ooh. Wow, there is so much going on in the world of Hebron Films. What can I tell you first? All okay. right, no, no, I'll ask the questions. Oh, yeah. okay, all right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I always appreciate chatting to you about uh, business strategy and and how you're approaching different things in your business. Oh, sure. And um, something we'd had a chat about off uh, off air was Christmas is coming around the corner. Oh yeah. With Christmas comes holidays. Mm-hmm. With holidays comes bills. And everyone's mm. sort of cancelling projects until Feb. Yeah, yeah. This is a classic, an absolute classic, and something I've just had enough of, to be honest. Um, <laughs> Christmas, it's cancelled. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going Grinch. <laughs> I am definitely leaning hard into the holidays and Christmas. Love it. But the issue I'm talking about is the cash flow hole that I've found myself in for the last couple of years, from late December, January, February. Ugh, it's so terrible. When do you when do you wrap up? Well, we close our doors in the last week before Christmas. Sometimes we we might call it quits on like the twenty second. Sometimes maybe the eighteenth. Yeah, it depends on how the how the year falls. When do you start back up again? Generally, the second week of January, so mid mid January, somewhere around the fifteenth. That's a pretty common thing for most of your clients as well. It is. And herein lies the issue. So the bills don't stop coming in. The employees don't stop needing to be paid. But the clients generally are not there. Unless you've done some good planning, which I have not in the past, they're generally not paying you because they're not there. Yeah, the finance team gets back into the office second week of uh, Jan and if you haven't got those invoices submitted by mid-December, chances are you might be waiting a month. Yeah, a month, that's right. So that has been my experience. Um, It was my experience this year and 
It was horrendous. We just uh, a little bit of a peek behind the curtain of Hebron Films. Just quietly, off off air. No, it's not off air, but uh, go on. <laughs> Give us a tip. How, how did it go last year? Oh, it's, yeah, it's not, it wasn't good. So it takes about $30,000 to keep the lights on at Hebron Films a month. That's all expenses and everything. And we had uh, roughly a $60,000 first quarter. So for the months of January, February, and March, about $60,000 came in for the whole quarter. That leaves us like in a $30,000 hole. It's not good. It's not a good place to be. Yes, I've got you. So you need 90, 90 Gs to run for a quarter. Yeah, yep. And we didn't get 90 Gs. We got... 30 Gs less than 90 Gs. And so roughly, and that was very stressful because um, for the first time, you know, in business, I had been operating for a little while with two employees plus myself um, and we're all on salaries. Expenses were a bit higher than, you know, previous years. And so that comes with a fair amount of extra stress. Yeah, Right in front of us, it's glaring the obvious, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. What are you What are you doing this time? That's different, right? That's a good question because I have uh, been determined this will not happen again. <laughs> um, so leading up to the end of the year, I started thinking about this in like September, August, and I was like, okay, what do I need to do so that there's money coming in during the quieter periods of the year? And this is a common question for all of you strategic entrepreneurs thinking, how do I even out cash flow? Cash flow is oxygen to a business. So how do I make sure that I'm not having highs, massive highs and massive lows? How do I even it out so that it can be sustainable? So what I have done is really try and focus on filling that period of time with projects and things that I can do when there's no one else around, when I do, when we don't need anyone else. So making sure that there's um, projects are going to be delivered right up until the end of the year so that there's a nice cash flow boost right at the end, mm-hmm. but also trying to focus on getting some retainer clients that will ha- have regular monthly invoices due so that even though we may not be doing the bulk of the work in the first month of the year, there will be invoices coming in. Yeah, I was about to ask if you've got any clients on retainer and just in case people aren't sure what that means, it's a mm. fairly common kind of word in the design and marketing yeah. industries and not uh, so much not so much for video. Yeah. So generally video is a project by project based system where, you know, the client comes to you for a, a project and you invoice for that project and then you're done. Yep. And a retainer is when? A retainer is when you've agreed on a certain amount of work or a certain structure of working and the client pays you every month for a certain period of time. So it might be a a three-month, a six-month or a 12-month retainer or an ongoing retainer. Um, They pay you for kind of an X amount of hours, studio hours? Yeah. So that's how it classically works in design is, you know, you, you account for, say, you know, I don't know, 100 studio hours a month. And they just pay the cost of that. And there's different ways of structuring it. If, you know, what happens if you use all of the hours or you go over or you go under or whatever? There's a, a whole lot of questions involved with it. But how I've structured, structured it with video, and I, ta- I struggled with this for a long time, thinking how on earth is this going to work for a video production? 
but it's actually pretty simple in the end. Mm. How, well, do, how does it work? I'm sort of wondering now, Are you? is it a per project? Are you committing to X amount of videos for them? Yeah, yeah. So the way we usually work is we quote out a project and then we send the client an invoice for 50% upfront and then we invoice for the remaining 50% kind of towards the end when we're close to finishing and before they get it delivered, which is great. But the way a video retainer works is we have a strategy service um, that we offer that means that I design this video strategy that involves a whole long list of video content ideas that all work together in beautiful harmony to gain some really good traction with a client help them use video to its maximum effectiveness, all right? So that's the kind of salesy language around it. And what it is, is literally that, just a big long list of content that's got some strategy and strategic thinking behind it. But what that lends itself to is that they, I give that to them, they pick out from the list, yeah, we like this, 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 and this. There might be 10 things, 10 video projects there. What I do is I quote those 10 video projects up and I just say, you know, it's going to be a hundred grand and we're going to do it over a 12 month period, a hundred grand divided by 12. That's how much you're going to pay monthly. And if there's any extras or changes along the way, we'll tackle them as they come and they'll be on top of the retainer. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's quite good. And I'm sure they maybe pick videos that fit the seasonality of their business and the different stages that they're going through and yeah. works in obviously with the strategy of their business. As yeah, well. that's right. It's all to do with goals, right? It, we don't make video that doesn't have a purpose and a goal because that's a waste of time for everybody. They will pick things that we've identified through our strategy process that uh, align with their current marketing goals and what the holes they're trying to fill in their brand or what they're trying to strengthen yeah, we end up with this list of content that um, we just produce over the period of a year. If people don't know much about Hebron or have met you before, Caleb, they mm. might be thinking, why is this video guy talking so much about strategy and business <laughs> development and this, that and the other? But I know that you've done quite a lot of uh, extra learning on yeah. these topics. Yeah. Can you quickly just mention to me how you've upskilled in these spaces? Yeah, yeah sure. The journey started with watching clients use video that we made them to no effect. There used to be, it's still pretty common. You, a client will come and grab a video and they'll be like, yes, you know, this message is great. Um, this is a fun idea. We're going to make it. They make it. We make it. They put it on YouTube. Their mum watches it. A couple of the employees watch it. They watch it on repeat 10 times and it gets 30 views. And that's it. And I looked at that and went, what am I even doing? Why am I doing this? Yeah. If I'm point? not like, I'm, I don't want to do this just to get a paycheck and look, cause that feels so ingenuine. Like I'm, I'm doing this to help remarkable regional businesses succeed. And if all I'm doing is making, it could be the best film in the world, but if nobody watches it and it doesn't do anything for them, then what on earth am I doing? It's pointless. So, what I did was I went searching. I thought, how am I going to solve this problem? I found some experts that were talking the same language that I was feeling. They were talking about videos that didn't work. And, you know, I found one specific guy that, you know, leading the way in video strategy. 
Uh, his name's Ben Amos. If any videographers out there want to search him up, he's who really kicked off my journey in this area. I've been on Ben's podcast as well. So if you're interested in hearing the backstory of Hebron Films, it's on that one. Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Let's put a uh, link into the show notes yeah. for that one. Yeah. But I just, it was a combination, my professional development in uh, upskilling in how to use video in marketing came from a lot of searching and just gleaning information from people who were talking about it really well and doing it really well and being proactive in my own learning because all the information's out there. You just need to find it. Yeah, and then coupling that with uh, business coaching. Yeah, that's right. Um, I took a lot of learning um, and a big boost in professional development uh, by getting a business coach. I'd always wanted to do it, but I hadn't got buy-in from my whole team at that stage. So that when I went out on my own, I was like, no, I need a coach. Like, how am I expecting to learn and, and progress in business when I know what I know? And I need to know more than I know. <laughs> so, and I need to have someone to guide me and help me. So yeah, I got on to Dan Lenny, the man, the myth, the legend, um, absolute amazing dude who's had like 30 years experience in video production, made some brand films and launch films for some of the cameras that, you know, shaped our industry. And yeah, I jumped into his um, video business accelerator, his mastermind coaching group, and that really projected me quite a long way. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's very underrated. Business coaches, they kind of got a bit of a yuck kind of vibe to yeah. them sometimes. Yeah. And you, you kind of get, maybe you bumped into a business coach and you're like, oh, they were a bit, why would I work <laughs> with them? But I've had some awesome experiences with that uh, in that area, business coaching and also just someone to bounce ideas off. They've got a different perspective. They're not yep. invested in the business like you, but they're invested for you to succeed. Yeah. So it um, can be really awesome to um, – well, it just takes you to the next level really, doesn't it? Yep. Cannot speak highly enough of a business coach. Mm. They are, yeah, just – if you don't have one, then what are you doing? <laughs> Get into it, if you, especially if you're a sole trader and you're trying to run a business yeah. and you, you're a specialty in one, one area – you know, what have you got to lose by bouncing off someone ideas about marketing and process and procedure? Yep. And just awesome. learning from an expert who's done it. That's just the best way to go. You know what I love about having a beer and a chat, mate, is we've already gone sidetracked from what the <laughs> point of the talk was. But I think so you've good, given though. us a bit of info about mm. – um, so your, your strategy to get through the Christmas lull is setting about ways in which you can send invoices during that time, even though you're not actively working. Yeah, it's a simple it's a simple problem with a simple fix that's not it's very complicated to solve. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how. Well, it can seem a bit complicated. I'm trying to think of how you could adapt it to other industries. Yeah, I know, go on. Like, well, graphic design and marketing, pretty straightforward. Yeah. But if you're the sole creator of, of things, mm. you make the thing that people buy and it doesn't have a business, you know, if you're, you work business to business, yep. some other people might be working business to consumer. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, what are, that, what do they need to do? Well, it's all about supply and demand. It, it's just finding the opportunity. All I did was think about my problem, what I needed to, ha to solve it, and then what would be of uh, value to other people that would help solve that problem you know, problem for me. So I needed to find something that people will, were willing to pay for over that period of time. So if you're like business to customer, if you're selling products or something, then it's all about thinking what is, what is my customer and what are the people I sell to want? 
what um, motivates them, what drives them. Christmas, obviously, presents, yeah. right? Where are they? And yeah. All, you know, what do they want and where are they? Yeah, what do they want, where are they, how do I reach them? Um, but, you know, I, I'm not going to pretend I know a, a, a whole lot about selling products at, at and when the busy periods, but I would I would anticipate that busy it would be very busy at the end of the year. Um, a lot of, I know us as a business, we buy all of our clients' presents. You know, we buy gifts for family and friends and all that sort of stuff. You really just need to have a look at who you're selling to, who buys your stuff, who buys your service, what do they need, and then just get a bit creative with getting different and marketing different and uh, supplying a product or a service that is super valuable that's also going to solve your your issue. Yeah, awesome. You mentioned a little bit earlier about strategy projects mm. and um, we've had a couple of chats about this uh, recently and it was to do with you, you've had this strategy package in your business for quite some time now. Oh, a long time. You've, been, you've worked it up with your business coach, with yeah. your mentoring, mm. all of this stuff, and you're mm. like, we need to sell video strategy. Yeah. And then uh, because you're out there trying to sell it mm. and you're like, why is this? This is not getting traction. Yeah. And then something happened. Yeah, it's so true. It was not getting traction. I'd sold maybe three strategies and they were for okay money. One was for 20 grand, one was for six, and one was for like five. So it was okay, but that's like over a four-year period or something. It's like, that's not okay. And the advice for it that I was getting, which was good advice, was like probably you need to change something about this. Like you probably just ditch it. Like obviously people aren't buying and it's there's not a massive appetite seemingly. Maybe just shift your focus to something that is actually converting. So what we did, the advice that was given to us was that the idea is good and the value is there. Just integrate that as a point of difference in everything you do so that you're not asking people to come in and pay you six grand for something that they don't necessarily understand. Maybe just work it into every video project so that they everyone gets more greater results from everything you do. It's like, yeah, that's a great idea. So we shifted focus. We're like, nah, I'm just I'm just going to ditch this like strategy as a service um, idea and just integrate it in everything we do. And so, for those who don't know Caleb, even though he's very talented on the on the camera, on the editing software, being the owner of the business spends more time selling products and yes. selling services than doing the doing the work. Yeah, uh, full transparency. I have not edited edited a video in many moons. I can tell Bailey's so much better at it. No, sorry. <laughs> no, no. He, no, he is. No, that's why I hired him. <laughs> we'll talk about that in another episode. <laughs> Always find people that are better than you and then hire them. No, I love selling stuff and that, it's definitely my predominant job now. I, I do a tiny amount of shooting, but my main role is just communication with people, selling stuff, strategizing things, client management, team management. It's just all about the people now. Yeah, networking, yep, staying networking. in touch with customers, making sure yep. they're happy yep. and making sure your, your team's happy too. Yes, all of those things. I actually love it. So, yeah, getting back to this strategy thing, I released my grip on it. I was like, I've been trying to make this thing work because I think it should for so long and it wasn't working. So I finally just went, look, nah, I'm just going to ditch it. Like we're just going to shift. And then what happened? 
all of these people came in that wanted strategy. I got like three. I sold like three in the space of a quarter. Yeah, so when you used to go into meetings, when you you mm. would be seeing a client who's got a decent budget to work with you, you're going in there saying, yeah, we do videos, but what you need is a strategy before yep. you make a video. Yeah. And so, and that wasn't working. They're no. like, no, no, we just want a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then, pretty much. And then you stopped. So, in meetings, you stopped telling them about strategy or yeah. you stopped saying you need a strategy and yeah. you just, what, how did it change in terms of loosening the grip? Yeah. I just, I just focused on helping. And instead of leading with it and introducing it, I kind of just let it go. And what ended up happening is a few clients came in the door and they kind of, self-qualified for it they were like hey you know we don't really know what we should be doing we would like a plan (laughs) we'd like a plan of what to do we want to work with someone who can kind of take the lead on what we're making and I was like oh well that's what a strategy is Yeah, different terminology clients clients maybe are thinking about it a bit differently yeah well yeah and I just it, it was fascinating. As soon as I released my kind of grip on making it work, a bunch of clients came in and they were perfect for it. And I didn't need to work to sell it to them. I just said, hey, this is something that we do. And this is what it is. It's a blueprint for a year's worth of content that you don't have to come up with. And it all fits perfectly together to achieve your marketing goals. And they were like, that's exactly what we want. Let's do that. And I was like, oh, I thought I ditched this. <laughs> it's so funny how that works. Also, I think it's, um, you know, it's not just luck no. as well. Yeah. And there's a lot of intention setting and I'm a big believer in this. You have to have done the background work and have the knowledge on what that service is and how you would deliver it mm. to be able to just casually say, oh, yeah, we do that. Like how, yeah. how can we help you do that? Because we yep. already do it. It's easy. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have been able to probably convert those people if you didn't already have a really solid idea of what it was and yeah. and had formed that business offering and concept already. Yeah, it was fully formed. It was ready to go. It was systemized. Like I knew exactly how to run it with my eyes closed and, and explain what it is really simply like I just did. After I'd done the work and I just kind of released that, that pressure to make it work and to, to convince everyone <laughs> that they needed it. And just let, you know, let who it suited, uh, you know, kind of come to me a little bit, which was fascinating to me. And it has solved somewhat the issue of a, a cash flow hole. Like I've got uh, one client on a strategy retainer that will cover the next quarter. I've just sold today another one that will cover that quarter and I've got two more that are in the strategy development phase so if they continue with the the production and outworking of that strategy then they will also cover the start of next year nice well isn't that a full circle loop on our conversation that is such a full circle but we're not finished yet mate oh okay no that's great so I find that really hard in business myself personally Mm. I have these big ideas of like, oh, this is a cool offering. Yeah. Maybe I come up with it. I think I've come up with a few because I've seen the hole in the market or that like some mm. people are asking for. It. I think other people could potentially be wanting this and not really know that they want it or this is a way to package it up in a way that's easy to digest. But it takes so much effort and energy to preempt that and run through the scenario on paper and 
theoretically and in you know before you can even sell one it's like so much of an investment of your time in yeah. business to try and come up with a package that is then sellable 100% and you know what changed it for me i i bought um, ben amos's course and i didn't actually watch it for 2 years I was experiencing the exact same thing. I was like, this is a great idea. I think there's a need for it. I just didn't do anything about it. And it was that I was in my own head. It's so hard to make progress when you don't have a clear kind of step-by-step process to follow and you're just spinning around in your own head and you're trying to deliver the services that you already do. What helped for me was just getting getting some external input. So my business coach really helped inject some processes and, and acted as a sounding board. I have a group of video producers around me from all over the world that I'm able to I meet with them weekly that we're able to mastermind things out. So it didn't work for me when I was just in my own head and trying to jot things out on paper um, because I'm the same as you. Like I've come up with a million ideas and then, you know, just nothing happens with them. Yeah, yeah. And even if you get to 90% but never launch it or, you know, like, yeah, what I don't want to do that again. It just kind of felt like a waste. (laughs) Yeah. It sounds like a bit of accountability, doesn't it? Like having someone to go, well, last time we caught up, you said you were going to do X, Y, Z. Have you done it? And you're like, you probably don't do it the first time. And you're like, oh, damn, that made me feel shit. I'm going to make sure I do it the next time. Yeah, that um, can be helpful. And yeah, even if you just sit down with that, you know, someone and create a bit of a plan whilst talking, there is a massive difference between writing something down and speaking it. The act of talking something out loud has a lot of value in a, you know, an ideation process or a development of a new service or anything like that. I'd always encourage people to get around someone else that is willing to give up some of their time, whether it be a business coach or a peer, and go, let's flesh out this idea and build a bit of a plan to make it happen. Mm, yeah. There's only a couple more things to chat about, mate. And before I um, talk to you about one of your most successful projects, I want to I want to pitch an idea for some content on the podcast. Oh, all right. I'm so ready to hear what this is. I have no idea. Now, I know our producer, Amy, she's really good uh, with coming up to, coming up with some like stings, some audio stings in there. Yep. And we've had, our, we've had some of our guests create some stings. You know, yeah. we're, you're listening to country creatives. Yeah. But I have come up with some stings. Okay. And this is in collaboration with an artist. Okay. Not not a sound artist. No, 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 I'm going <laughs> to yeah. call him a sound artist, but okay. he actually is a professional recycled paper maker. Oh, all right. You know, he just okay. dabbles with some audio stuff. And uh, right. But a little while ago, <laughs> I made some double XL handmade dodgy paper yeah. at Nacho HQ in the Damned. Roger from Dodgy Paper, he came to Bendigo for a bit of an experiment session at uh, Nacho HQ and we uh, we made paper in the dam with in like, your dam. like huge sheets of paper. <laughs> and, um, That's great. The, he stayed the night so that turned into a bit of a session out in the shed one <laughs> night and he bought his little audio gear so he could play with some sample okay. drum things. I don't know. I, it's not my thing but I, I was – this is a quite a while ago, mate. I've been sitting on this for the right time. Oh, and there's, now's the right time. And, you know, they're, they're very creative. So thanks for okay. Roger. He's taken a few of my audio bits and he's we're going to another planet. So I just oh. wanted to get your reaction All right. as how do these fit in with, with our brand and our purpose okay. here at Country Creatives. Okay, I'm ready. I'm All right, here we go. I'll turn this up. Number one, 
You've intercepted creative frequency. <laughs> I'll play it again. You've intercepted creative frequency. You've intercepted creative frequencies, mate. You've intercepted creative frequencies. Now, I'll give you a couple and you can choose. Uh, Now, I haven't listened to these in a long time, so let's just see what this one is. Nacho. What on earth? Nacho. Does that say nacho? It does say nacho. (laughs) That's maybe more for my personal podcast. That's your your offshoot podcast. All right, here we go. You're listening to the Country Creators Podcast. 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 It's got a real um, uh, early 2000s kind of uh, alien vibe. Lo-fi. <laughs> Lo-fi. I, I, yeah, it's it's interesting. It makes me uh, laugh. <laughs> 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 Have you got any more? Yeah, right. right, let's go another one. Yeah, I really like it, but can you just make the logo a little bit bigger? <laughs> oh, yeah, so I was inspired by all of the shitty things that um, – that clients say, and I think we might yeah. have mentioned these yeah, before. Yeah, no, this is good. This is good. So, um, obviously, if you're a designer, or probably video, oh, yeah. a lot of different things, they everyone wants a bigger logo. Yeah, I really like it, but can you just make the logo a little bit bigger? <laughs> That's like nightmare-inducing. <laughs> like, yeah. That could be triggering. If you're having uh, a little bit of a triggered moment here, <laughs> please um, reach out. There are a lot of uh, support services available. <laughs> All right. Let's do uh, – how many – I've got a few of these. Jeez, I'm, we must have been having a good time out in the shed, mate. <laughs> Let's say no more. Well, we don't have a budget, but it'll be really great exposure. Oh, that's a classic one. Oh, look, we don't have a lot of money, but this will be really good for you. <laughs> Views as tokens to buy your vegetables and fruit. Right. Doesn't work, does no, it? No, it doesn't work. All right, last one. You're listening to the Country Creators Podcast. <laughs> yeah, a little, little bit creepy. I'm going to call that creepy. Mm, um, creepy. But I am so on board with Weird, Wacky and Wonderful that I, my vote is put them in. Put them in. All right, there you go, Amy. You heard it here. We're going to be putting in some weird stuff, okay? Oh, <laughs> uh, well um, – that's a nice little break from talking such serious uh, business business <laughs> yes. stuff. I, have we spoken about we've spoken about giving feedback before, haven't we? Oh yeah, I think in the, in the difficult conversations was that the difficult conversation we talked about feedback potentially. Yeah, yeah it might have been, but um, you did very well there, mate. My ego my ego feels intact. <laughs> Great. I feel like well, that's the most important thing. <laughs> yeah, thanks, mate. <laughs> <laughs> On to something a little bit more successful. You told me earlier that you had a really successful project. Yeah. And I, I wanted to just jump in and find out a little bit more about that. Great. This was super fun. It was a recent video project and and traditionally we don't usually do a lot of brand films, right? This is what this project was. What is a brand film? Oh, what is a brand film? So a brand film sits in the brand awareness kind of stage of a a customer's journey. What we say to clients is you use a brand film to capture the ethos behind your company and the why behind what you do. You're really trying to create an emotional connection with the audience and connect them with your brand so that they finish the video and go, man, I love those guys. I really vibe with what they're doing. I really... They're my people. They're my people, yeah. 
we were lucky enough to uh, not lucky, Caleb. You weren't lucky. You worked for this project, <laughs> yeah, all right? You yes. worked on relationships, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you built your trust, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you got an opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we got an opportunity to uh, pitch a brand film to a client in Canada, of all places. And they kind of ummed and ahed about the the idea a little bit, but the proposition was strong and the desire for them to put this brand statement out there about what they believe in and what they're, what they're working for and their big why was so compelling that they came back to us and they were like, yep, let's do this. And so working for this project, working on this project for a Canadian company, we obviously, it would cost a lot of money for us to go over and shoot a brand film for them. And we, what they wanted and what we pitched them was kind of like a, a Nike-level, Reebok-level brand film that was, you know, speaking to the heart of what they, you know, what they believe and what they want to contribute to people's lives and to how they want to make the world better. In classic me fashion, I was like, yes, let's do this. And the concept is it's going to be based around the internal motivations and uh, challenges that a mid, uh, midlife 40, 50-year-old woman faces. And I'll write the script. Ugh. <laughs> you, well, it, it was a challenge. I'm thinking when I describe it, how am I a 30-something-year-old male? <laughs> yeah, so did you not consider just hiring someone in that that demographic to write it or it wouldn't no. have been? No, I just think so highly of my own creative ability Yeah, <laughs> that I was like, that's a challenge and I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and how cool would it be if I could just like get into the get into the headspace of this this type of person that is not me at all and yeah connect with them. So anyway, we had this amazing brainstorming session and I I ended up writing the script, got some feedback for some from some other really great creatives, tested it, see if it landed with um, the demographic, and then we produced this brand film uh, using all stock footage. And I, it was great. I got to hire um, – I don't know if anyone listening will know who Buster Keaton is. Do you know who Buster Keaton is, Reese? No. No. So Buster Keaton was kind of Charlie Chaplin vintage actor and his level of popularity at the time, he was huge, right? He was an actor. He was great, black and white, um, kind of um, silent films and stuff. Great actor. Um, Don't tell me you hired him for a voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, he's been dead for like 40 years. <laughs> oh, so well, I obviously don't know who it is. Wait, no. how did you hire him? No, we didn't hire him. We hired his great-granddaughter. Okay. Yeah, we did, it was random. Like we found this found this chick on on uh, voices.com. We we searched put the job ad out for a really good voice actor. She's a legend. Absolute legend. Anyway, we found this great voice actor and I got to direct her presenting this script put the footage together. It was a bit of a creative challenge. It was a very big creative challenge. And it turned out to just be mind-blowingly good. How do you measure that it's good first? Yeah, good. So first metric is my and my team's thoughts. That's We need to think it's good before we show the client. And, you know, we, we thought it was – I felt it, you know. Like I'm watching this and I'm like, yeah, this, this is landing on my own internal, you know, um, Lando-meter – <laughs> yeah. Is it landing? On my middle-aged woman's touch side, <laughs> you're feeling yes. it. 
no, no, just like, you know, you, you watch it and you're like, oh, this, I can feel the emotion behind this. And yeah, this not, is a thing. This yeah, is, this is great. This is yeah. this this could potentially connect. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's what I was feeling. And then I sent it to the client and, you know, generally you get, yeah, yeah this is good. We're really liking it. Let's change a few things. Their response was like jaw-dropping amazement. They were like, this is next level. And that's encouraging. I thought, yeah, that's great. But then they started showing, you know, their their board and their um, their employees and then spread their circle wider and wider. And the overwhelming feedback that kept coming in was, whoa, this is crazy. This is cool. I showed my community in the video business accelerator, my coaching kind of group I'm in. And they were just like, they were gobsmacked to the point that I didn't expect. I was like, you know, th- this is pretty good. But the feedback they gave was like, whoa, man, this is like, if you t- had told me that someone, you know, Saatchi and Saatchi paid half a million dollars for this, then I'd be like, oh, yeah, that, that makes sense. I was like, what? That's crazy. I've underquoted. <laughs> <laughs> By about $480,000. No, but it was, it was just a massive win-win. And... They put it out and, you know, they've had actual engagement from their community and people who've never heard of the product saying, I don't know what these people are selling, but I'm buying. And (laughs) like things like that. And it's early days yet and it hasn't gone viral or anything like that. But it was just a massive boost and encouragement to the work that we're doing and the capability that we've got to step outside of our experience or the, the, the films and the products that we've been making, the f- videos we've been making, to try something creatively ambitious and see it actually succeed like that to a, a degree that is above my expectations and hopes and dreams, wow, there is, that was energising. Talk mm-hmm. about things that, you know, fill your cup. That was like, whoa, all right, this is cool. This is validating. Yeah, that's um well that's really great to hear mate. Well done. I feel you. like, you know, that doesn't just happen randomly. No. Either. You uh you deserve a big you and your team deserve a big pat on the back because you. you know, you've worked hard for it and it takes a lot of uh a lot of time and experience to build up the uh level of skill to be able to nail it like that. Yeah. Massive shout out to my team. I wrote the script and directed the voice talent and picked some of the footage, but it was really the efforts of Bailey Cook in the in the edit suite on this one that really nailed and captured the the hearts of the viewers. It was there was some intensely cool sound design in there and some just really great editing. So well done, Bailey. Uh, good on him. What a legend. What a legend. And thanks, Bailey, for padding up all of our average scores in the recent table tennis tournament Ooh. that we've got going at the moment. <laughs> he, Bailey's on a bit of a losing streak, he unfortunately. Really <laughs> yeah, but we're, he's really helping bring up our averages. <laughs> you know, we're. I think we're at the end of this, yeah. this episode, mate, but yep. I just thought it's worth mentioning that we're going into the final round of a table tennis tournament here at the Emporium Creative Hub. You thought that was worth mentioning? Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for it. Yeah, well, we've got one round to go. It's it's been a five-round tournament with five players. Yeah. Each player, each round, (laughs) everyone plays each other once. Yep. First 21, you get a win or a loss, plus a score differential. Mm. We're going into the final round 
I'm on the top of the ladder. <laughs> That's why you're bringing it up. With two games, <laughs> Caleb sitting in second. Yeah, you're two games ahead of me. Yeah, I need to lose two more than he wins. You definitely need to lose two more. <laughs> you need to I lose heaps more. End the conversation <laughs> right there. You need to lose. <laughs> you do need and to lose. And the reason why this is so monumental is because <laughs> Caleb has won the last. Two tournaments. <laughs> now, there's a new champ coming, mate. <laughs> oh, God, the tournament's not over yet. Yeah, I, no. We will share the verdict of the I better results. Not, I better not trash talk too much <laughs> too soon, mate. Look, anyone listening who, you know, this has really struck a chord in your heart. You're like, table tennis is my jam. I encourage you, please come along to the Emporium Creative Hub. I don't care where you're from. If you're up in Brisbane, you're in Lake Tahoe, (laughs) I don't care. Come in and play us. We want to play you at table tennis. Uh, Any day of the week at lunchtime, you (laughs) will find at least uh, two or three people playing table tennis in at the Emporium Creative Hub uh, lunch lunch tea room. Yep, consider the invitation open uh, if... All you need to do is just walk down the hall, doors at the end, uh, knock twice and say you're here for table tennis and you're in. In you come. Yeah, well, on that note, let's um, let's wrap up and um, let's go play some table tennis. <laughs> yes. Hoo-yah. All right. Bye, everyone. Hey, thanks for listening into Country Creatives Podcast this week. You've been listening to Caleb Maxwell and Reese Handy. My name's Amy. I produce the show and we get some great support from Emporium Creative Hub in Mitchell Street, Bendigo. You can visit all of the past episodes and show notes and contact us with any tidbits, comments, suggestions for guests, anything else you'd like to pass on by visiting emporiumcreativehub.com.au slash podcast. Hey, Reese, uh, I reckon we might throw your sting ideas into the consideration uh, folder. <laughs> Pretty interesting. Things could get a bit wild. Stay well and we'll see you for the next episode in a couple of weeks' time.